You put your all into delivering quality and value on time. And when your customer doesn't pay, it doesn't just hurt your feelings. It hurts your business. At MetCredit, we get it. We collect overdue receivables fast and treat your customers with respect. Go to MetCredit.com to get started. MetCredit, we get it. This is Overdue Advice, the podcast about how and why debt collection works for your business. Brought to you by MetCredit. Everybody pay up. Welcome to Overdue Advice. My name is Bryn Griffiths. Today we talk with Tim Paulson, author of Paid in Full and Tipping the Scales, and we'll be discussing maximizing collection returns and how professionals collect more. Tim is the Managing Director of the International Center for Professional Collections and is no stranger to our podcast. Hey, Tim, how are you doing today? I'm not doing too badly. I hope you're doing as, doing as well as I am, or at least half as well. Oh, yeah, we're going into a summer. It's hard to believe that you were on this podcast back in November of 2019, and a lot has changed since then, Tim. Oh, what just you, a little bit. What, yeah, just a touch. <laughs> what have you noticed the most in terms of just everything that you do? Uh, well, we really thought when the pandemic was coming along that it was it was just going to be so terrible that agencies and everybody else in collections would be folding up their tents and 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 just uh, losing all kinds of money. But it hasn't that hasn't been the case. People have had uh, a little bit more disposable income or income available to uh, pay some of their debts than we expected. So there has been some money out there for folks, but it. It has meant that you've got to be, uh, I think, even better at collecting than some of your competition is. So, yeah, you can't get lackadaisical about the whole thing. You've, 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 you've got to be good. You've got to stay good. And it's always been that way in the business of, of collections. People would think it's only in, in hard times that you have to be good at collections, but that's not the case. How much have you noticed has changed since, I guess, November of 2019 when you were on last? It's changed, again, in that aspect of, I think people are, what would be the phrase for it? Uh, a little tougher to collect from, even though they may have some of them may have some uh, some money. They're a little bit tougher. They're going to do other things with it. Or they're uh, I don't know if scared or frightened of, of what could happen with the pandemic or other things going on. You know, the uh, the political uh, situation, not just the states, but Canada and so many other parts of the world. It seems to be much more volatile uh, than it ever was before. And everything like that always affects not just people's ability to pay, but people are always, you can always put people in the categories of can pay, can't pay, will pay, won't pay. Right. And, and that has changed somewhat. Uh, we've got to be, we've got to be a little bit more flexible in our business of collection. We've got to listen even more uh, than the listening skills we may have used before. So those are some of the differences I find out, of course, in my particular business, which is training, uh, it, there's been a, a great change for uh, myself and all of the associates that I know around the world because of COVID. You know, you can't go in and do the in-house training. Uh, you can't do the public seminars and programs that we would have. There's webinars, and webinars are good uh, as a telephone call training is good, but it's not the same as being there in person and, and training everybody. So it's uh, it's made it a little bit tougher for some of us to, to continue our business and collections and training, but still we're getting along, we're getting through it, we're doing okay. Can you explain to everybody, because not everybody may have heard your November podcast from 2019, can you explain what uh, collectability is? Collectability. The collectability is, uh, we really think about 
most people, I know, let me put you on the spot here, Brent. Let me, sure. let me, let me take you. Is, uh, what, is the, what is the objective of collections? Well, you're trying to recover cash, are you not? Okay, so you're coming back. We had a fairly quick answer. When I ask that question uh, to my audiences, when I'm doing uh, programs, be it seminars, you know, in-house or webinars, there's a little bit of hesitation because folks, folks are thinking, well, wait a second, you know, we're at a collection program, and the guy's asking what the objective of collections is. Isn't it, of course, to collect the money? And my answer is no, it's okay. not. That's not the objective. That's what we do. That's what we do. And <laughs> certainly not to say it isn't important. Yeah. But, Bren, our objective is to, most of the time, is to create and maintain a customer. That's what we are there to do. Now, you do that through effective collection techniques. Think about this. If you were a business, Bren, uh, you were a customer of mine, and I phone you up to collect, and I berate you over the telephone, I make you, I make you feel bad about your shortcomings for managing your financial affairs and so on, and I managed to collect the money, you, you never want to do business with me again, me or my, organi- me or my organization. Now, on the other hand, if I don't call you or I give you the gosh, golly, gee whiz, I hope everything is okay if you can somehow get around to it, well, debtor amnesia sets in, first of all, for many customers, and even the good customers, uh, you're going to get low on that list to be paid. So we have, I believe, collectors, the most difficult balancing act in the world. Yeah, I'd have You've to say that's to right. You've got to collect the money and, and, keep, and keep, keep the customer. Based on the fact that most people do not know what the true objective of collection is, then we get into, okay, what makes a good collector? And, and for that sort of thing, if we think about the attributes of, of a collector, again, let me put you on the spot there, Brent. I'm not sure about your background in, in debt management collections. Do you... Well, all I know is that there's been, hey, I worked in the media business for a long time, so there would be the odd time where I would get a call from somebody in the collection business back in the early days. Yeah. Not, not recently, but it's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure everybody gets a call once in a while because maybe they have just fallen on some harder times or whatever. Or you or, forget. Or forget. You, know, yeah. you get a phone call. So yeah. lots, lots of times. Well, I think everybody's had a call from a bill collector, whether, whether deserved or not. Right. A mistake or not. Now, what would you think would be the attributes of someone who is in that particular business? What do you think they need to be good at? Well, uh, the, the big thing for me, and I'll go back to my media experience, is that it's one thing to be able to talk for a living. But if you can't listen, it isn't going to work. Listening is How's that again. Listen, <laughs> listening is the big thing, man. Uh, it's uh, for me. If you're going to do a great interview, you've got to listen to the answers coming back, and uh, that to me is what I would expect out of anybody calling, maybe looking for me to pay a bill or two. Is they have to listen, and can you maybe make it feel like you're helping me? You're absolutely right, and and so many people are not good, at, and it isn't just collectors, of course. How how many of us are challenged? for that listening skill. Uh, even in my programs, I, I may cover a two-day training program with people I don't spend a lot of time on listening skills. I used to belong to, uh, to an association, the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. And they have things of that nature all around Canada and in every major city and, and, and down the States as well, around the world. Uh, but you know what there isn't, Bren? There's no Canadian Association of Professional Listeners. I heard what you, you know? said there. Yes. And many of us, <laughs> many of us will say, uh, I'm not a good speaker. You know, I, I, I'm not good. But how many of us say I'm not a good listener? Not too many. No, and we think we're many. good at listening. We think we're good at listening. Most of us aren't. In my training programs, uh, often before we do training in an organization, 
we will sit and listen to a few calls, a number of calls before we get into the training sessions. And it is amazing how much information is missed because people are not listening. And Bryn, the, the, the paradox, the most intelligent of us in situations like that are the worst at listening. Because somebody starts to tell us a story. We have heard it before. We know, believe we know, what the answer should be, what the question should be. So mentally, we go down the road, and when the customer finishes their story, away we go. And most of the time, we're right, because we're, we're sure, you know, we're intelligent, we're smart, but we're not all the time. We miss out on some important information. And listening is a tough skill. It, it, it's not easy to do. Uh, I give my folks in, in program, my programs an assignment. I get homework. I say, look, you go home tonight, you find somebody you like, you know, somebody you care about. It could be one of the kids, a spouse, a significant other, mom, dad, brother, sister, whichever. Your assignment is to spend five minutes listening. Don't interrupt. Listen. Now, you're going to freak them out. They'll look at you and say, what are you doing? Yeah. And you just look at them. You just look at You give them that Fraser uh, line. You say, I'm listening. And, and you'll be amazed at how, and, and there are people, another paradox of listening, there are people who would die for us, literally, who couldn't spend five minutes listening without interrupting. So, yes, listening is an important skill. So that's, that's one of the attributes. You want to give me a couple more and I'll give you some from my list. Well, a couple of things, like I said, I need a problem solver. I need, if somebody's going to give me a call and they're, and they're looking to assist and they're prepared to listen, I really need a problem solver, somebody who could maybe help me kind of find my way or navigate my way through the situation I'm in. I think you should be working in collections, Brent. You're absolutely right there. And you've touched on a couple of things. The listening, the problem solving, help me find my way. All of that gets to what one of one of my associates, as Declan Flood out of, uh, out of Dublin, Ireland, uh, teaches this particular thing. He says, you want to get you and your customer on the same side of the table rather than being on opposite sides of the table. On the other side of the table is the debt, the problem, the situation, what it is that you want to resolve. And let's see if together we can't work out how we can resolve that. What can we do together to be able to resolve that particular debt? Now, you got to bear in mind, of course, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not being naive. I know how it can be difficult with some customers and there are credit criminals out there there are people who have no intention of getting on any side of any table to help work it out. They just want to take advantage of you. But those aren't customers. Those are crooks. That, that's a different story. Best thing you can do with them is, is you know, take whatever, whatever steps you can take and, and, and make yourself a hard target for the future. But they're not the customers that you're trying to return. Most people that we deal with, it, maybe you get them at a bad time, get them at another time. But even you can take even some of those fire-breathing customers. You listen. Try to get on the other side. What can we do to resolve this debt? Because it's not going away. Not going to go anywhere. You know, if we and I can't resolve it, somebody else is going to be dealing with this. Right. So you want to listen. You want to get on the other side of the table. You've got to, as, as you, I'm going to touch on, you've touched on this already. You've got, you got to be able to think on your feet or in your chair. I mean, granted, but you know what I mean by that. Yeah. And I'm going to give you a couple of other things that are important here. Now, you need to be assertive. Okay. And I think everybody would know that, but you don't need to be too aggressive. And most folks would think, most folks would think, you know, they, they picture a collector, it's a large burly guy or gal standing on top of a desk. They're blasting somebody on the other end of the telephone. The collection by decibel theory. 
Now, it's not to say that sort of technique is not used in collections. If it wasn't, we wouldn't have the reputation we do. But it's not the techniques that I teach. Because, again, get, getting back to what that true objective of, of collections is. You need to be assertive. You don't need to be too aggressive. That balance between the two. You have to have a bit of an edge, a bit of an edge to, to, to collections. Even though I said, I'm going to, Brent, if you, if you owe my company money, I want to work with you on this. But I'm also going to do it in such a way that... I leave you with a bit of an edge that you're not going to think a collection call from Tim is fun to get. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'll bend over backwards to work with you. Now, collector needs to want to win. Okay. I course. talk about the customer. Now, it could be winning. Winning could be. It could be keeping the customer. It could be, could be a number of things we define as winning. But at the same time, as much as we want them to want to win, they've got to be able to handle losing. They've got to be able to take a punch because you're not going to collect on all of them. And you get knocked down and you don't collect it. You've got to be able to, you know, get yourself, dust yourself off and come back in there trying to win, win the next one. Uh, they've got to be willing to learn. They have to be willing to adapt. Do you think I'm going to have time for me to tell you what the, I think the standards of professional collections are? we got plenty of time. Go for okay, it. Okay, I'm going to give you that. The standards of collections, and I've used this for many, many years. It was taught to me back in uh, – a program I went to in, in California years and years ago. The acronym used DEC, D-E-C-K, to describe what professional collections is all about. First of all, Bryn, dignity involved in doing a job that not that many people can do and few people even understand. Because once again, as, as you had mentioned, what's collections? People get that picture in their mind of what it is, and, and they're wrong. It's, it's not. Right. Uh, dignity involved in understanding and being able to do that job. The E index stands for eloquence. You need to be eloquent to be successful in this business of collections. Now, by being eloquent, I don't mean using large words and phrases that somebody may not understand, but I mean just the opposite. Anything you say, you're right. No room for any misunderstanding. The single biggest cause of bad debt write-offs is procrastination. With every day you wait, the chances of ever getting paid go down. At MetCredit, we get it. We collect business receivables fast. And if we don't succeed, you don't pay. Go to MetCredit.com and stop waiting for money you deserve. MetCredit, we get it. The C index stands for competitive. You've got to be competitive because there's a lot of competition out there. Now, you can picture it, of course, if, if you're with, let's say, the Bank of Montreal, you can think about who your competition is, and, and a number of companies are going to come to mind, be they other banks, uh, other credit cards, or anything else. But the competition, Brent, is not just any place they owe money is going to be your competition. You're going to have to compete against uh, uh, the cell phone companies, uh, people paying their uh, their television uh, bill, their car, and, and not only places where they spend money, places they are, are I'm sorry, that they, they owe money, places they would spend money. I mean, it's not unusual in this business. You phone someone up and he or she says, I'd like to pay you, but I just got back from my vacation. Yeah. Yeah, and you think the nerve to go on really? vacation with your money and expect you to understand, but hey, that it happens, I know it. So you got to be competitive. The last letter, K, index stands for knowledgeable. You need to know. Now, a couple of different ways here. I'm going to uh, let me share. First of all, many of the accounts that may come across a collector's desk 
are not there because there's a lack of money, but there's a dispute. They're saying, hey, something wrong with the product, with the service. In theory, if you fix it, we're going to pay you. Now, it may be a different department, a different individual who has to make an adjustment, but the professional collector is going to know exactly what details to take down, who to get it to, how to get it to them, and sometimes how to effectively nag people in your own organization in order to get that account brought back up to a current status. Now, further with the K part, the person with the most knowledge tends to be the most successful in collections, in negotiations, which I'm going to get to in just a second or so. The more you know, the better off you're going to be. I've never heard anybody in collections who said my problem was I didn't know enough. Or I knew too much, rather. Let me take it either way sure. that, I, that, I, that, I, that I, I, I knew too much. There are not a lot of books out on collections. There's, I've got a couple of books out that I'm proud of, but there's, there's a few books out there. But there's a lot of books out on sales. And any good sales book will give you a technique that you can use in collections. Books on negotiations, books on dealing with difficult people. If you are in this profession, you've got to get good. You've got to stay good. And that means training never stops. The knowledge part of it never stops. Uh, so the more you know, the better off you're going to be. So you got to be willing to learn, willing to adapt. I uh, have to have that edge, uh, want to win. And you have to be able to, the, and here it comes back to the knowledge part again. People uh, often, they want to cover negotiations in my programs. And the first negotiation lesson I give them is do not negotiate. Why should you? Right. Somebody, you have a good product, a good service. Why should you take less or take less at a different time than you do now? Your first objective is, is the, and the biggest mistake made in collections, by the way, is people do not ask for the money. Not a clear, simple, eloquent request to be able to pay the account. Now, agencies you get into, they get pretty good at that after a period of time, but many small businesses don't. So you got to be able to ask, but then it's persuasion comes before negotiations. And persuasion is easier, it's faster, it's cheaper. So if I can persuade you to pay the account rather than negotiate, that's what I'm going to do. Now, when persuasion doesn't work, we negotiate. I know I have to feel comfortable with somebody in a situation like that, in the one situation that I was in like that. And the other thing, too, is that I never felt like I was being pressured. I just felt it was a, a good, casual conversation to try to alleviate a problem. So that, that's what mm -hmm. worked for me. Now, the situation too, for example, with MedCredit is that they're they're looking to hire collection specialists. You've listed off some great uh, attributes that are required to do that. But let's take it from a different perspective now. What makes those specialists stay? And the other question is, how do they know if they're doing well? Is, uh, you, you talked about winning. I, mm -hmm. I got to think if you're, if you're posting more wins than losses, you're going to feel better about the job that you're doing and you're going to stay much longer, if not forever. But can we address a few of those? Sure, we can. It, it tends to be in the business of collections, when you're at an agency like MetCredit, you're going to be paid on commission. So it tends to be relatively easy to measure uh, some of what your performance is going to be. But there should be other things being measured as well. Uh, uh, the work that you do and in, in how many complaints do you have? About, about your performance. Now, not to say that there should, if there's never ever a complaint about you, you're probably being wishy-washy. I mean, there's uh, some folks are gonna get angry just that you ask them to pay. Sure. But what are they complaining about? What is, what is your particular attitude? How can you 
achieve that performance with the lowest level of complaints going back about your company, going back about about your customers. Uh, what? How do your other? How do your peers rate you? For performance, are you able to pass along any of your training? Uh, a lot of people, I would think, in the collection—I know—in the collection business, they're not going to stay there forever. They've got other things to do. But the good news, Bren, is that if you are good at collections, if you are good, you get good, you stay that way. There's so many other things that you can do, and figure out that whole business of training. You are trying to convince somebody to do something they don't want to do, and like it. And yeah. think about that. Think yeah. about what a great skill that is. If you are better at writing, and I so when I say by, I mean, we don't use as much writing in collections these days, but be it letters, be it emails, be it any messages. If you have worked on your telephone voice, and I tell people who hire collectors, your first interview with them should be on the telephone, shouldn't be face to face. Your customers are going to hear them on the phone. That's the way you want to hear them first. Right. Uh, do you have the voice? Are you developing it? I mean, and and I would ask that question: what what have what one thing have you done over the last three months to improve your performance as a collection professional, not just a collector, a collection professional? What have you passed along? Are you able to pass along any of your training? The best way to learn how to do something is to is to train other people. Uh, when, when you do that, what what books have you found? What articles? So that and and when you are getting good and staying good and, and recognizing what a challenge uh, that can be at a place like Met Credit, I think first of all you're going to stay there longer, which is what of course Met Credit would want to be. But for the folks as well, if you're if you're good at it, you're making money, you're having a good time, you're going to stay there longer. But even if you don't, you're going to take those uh, higher developed skills and and use them to do other things. Could you tell us a little bit about your books paid in full and tipping the scales a little bit here? I'll be happy to tell you about a few of my books. Uh, my main book, uh, Paid in Full, uh, originally written quite a few years ago, but it, it covers uh, most of the things that I cover in collections. I've had some fun with it. It's been around for a period of time. Uh, it's available. Uh, people can get it in bookstores, stores, but they can also get a PDF version uh, from my website. I presume you'll post that or put something up, Brent, about that later. Uh, I'm not here to promote the books, but I'm happy, to, oh, happy sure. to sell them as we go along. But Paid in Full is one of my books. Uh, the other one uh, I wrote a little more recently, uh, it does have some of the same information, but it's got a different take on it. And it is called The Reluctant Collector. And most of us fall into this business of collections. We didn't start out that way. We didn't want to be in collections. Uh, somebody was uh, somebody's looking for a job somewhere. In this particular case, the story I used was a guy that worked in the IT department of a in a small town. There's an amalgamation that takes place, and it's not that he's he's fired. He either can go work in accounts receivable, or he's fired. So yeah. that's his choice. So, I mean, what he thinks, well, what 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 can I do? Right. So for all of the, but uh, not so much the wrong reasons, uh, good enough reasons, he decides to take the position on his way crossing through a park in a small town. He comes across a gentleman who's selling uh, glasses of lemonade for a dollar. First one's free. Best lemonade you could ever possibly get. And he, he looks at the poor guy and says, you know, what's your problem? What's your tale of woe? And the guy tells him that he has to go and work in the collection department. And, and he hears two words in response that he didn't expect. 
And the words were, lucky you. And the guy says, lucky me, what are you talking about? And then he explains things like what a contribution you can be making to organizations, which you can learn. He explains a lot of these things that I'm talking about here. And then off the fellow goes to collect and he learns from uh, this particular gentleman. You know, if somebody gives you, you know, the old story, somebody gives you, gives you a lemon, what are you supposed to do? Make lemonade. But, Brent, you make the best possible lemonade that you can. Because, you know, some people, they'll make a lemonade, but, you know, yeah, it's it, what does it taste like? It's nice. They're not making the best lemonade. Got to sell so it too, get, right? You just got to sell gotta, it, baby. That's right. You got to sell it. Oh, and think about this. And and everybody lives by selling something. Everybody lives by selling something and, and improving those selling skills. Uh, so that's one of my other books. The other thing that some folks may be interested in is uh, a lot of folks are. Uh, I sell more of them than I do my, uh, do my books. It's called The Excuse Terminator. And the excuse chamber is a little bit of software, runs in Windows, uh, that people can bring up, have on their computer. Somebody gives you an excuse, I've been on vacation. You put bring up on vacation, and up pops the best questions that you should be asking at that particular time. Uh, they tell you, well, I've been busy. You flip through, I've been busy, and, and the questions are there. And it's a fully editable program, Bryn, because you can go in and change the information to make it, to make it work for you. It's, it's a little software program. Sells for the cost of a book, I think 25 bucks. Put it in your system and run with it. So it does does a lot of things. I, uh, as much, uh, as much as I would love to have people buy my books, buy my software, Brent, I want to mention this. I also tell people, if you haven't read it, you know, if you're going to get into this business of collections, the first book that you should be reading is Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Now, it was written a long time ago, uh, and, and some of the, you know, the language and other things have changed. Pick up a more current edition, but I stayed away from the book just because of the title. It sounded like it was going to be, a, you could just be a con artist by the time you're finished. But Dale is right on the money, and it is our job to influence people, uh, and, and, and that's what we do, should be doing, and, and it's one of the best books that people are going to read. Don't even have to read the whole thing. Pick it up, read a couple of chapters, find out what works for you. To wrap this baby up, how do people get a hold of you? Do you have a website? Is there an email address you want to pass along? I'll pass along a couple of things. The International Center for Professional Collections. And the website is triple W, of course, I-N-C-P-R-O collect.com and email uh, well, they'll, they'll find it there, of course, but just Tim at IncProCollect.com. Love to hear from anybody. If you have any questions or statements, things you'd like to share and things you may agree with, things you disagree with, I can take it. Oh, that's the other attribute I didn't, I didn't happen to mention. If you're in collections, you got to have a thick skin. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, yeah. The other thing, too, you were interviewing me at one point on this today, and I love that. That was fantastic. Hey, we had some fun, didn't we? It was great. And some great advice out there for anybody who's looking to become a collection specialist, too. Tim, thanks for your time. It's been wonderful talking to you. Well, that's it for today's episode of Overdue Advice. A big thank you to Tim Paulson for sharing his insight on today's podcast. Hey, it's easy to find us online. MedCredit is on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter, at MedCredit. You can also check out Brian Sommerfeld's blog. That's easy to find, too. It's blog.medcredit.com. And don't forget the website also includes numerous helpful tools and calculators to help you assess your business debt risk. 
We also love to hear from you. So subscribe, like, or leave us a review on this or any of our podcasts. And make sure you share this podcast with your friends or business associates. You can drop us a line at overdueadvice at medcredit.com. Overdue Advice, the podcast about cash flow strategies to grow your business. I'm Brent Griffiths. run a business, you're successful. You don't wait for things to happen. You make them happen. So why aren't you collecting what's owed to you? The longer you wait, the less chance you'll ever see a cent. So call Met Credit. We're your local debt recovery team, serving businesses of all sizes since 1973. And don't worry, we play nice. We're here to uphold your reputation and relationships. And speaking of nice, if we don't collect, you don't pay. Zero risk. Get to know us for when you need us at metcredit.com.